right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, July 12th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And what a big weekend, Pat. Black Widow mm-hmm. setting a record for post-pandemic opening. Yeah, it uh, beats F9. It's the biggest opening weekend we've had domestically in over a year. I mean, I guess it's it's the biggest since 2019, right? Because it would have beaten Sonic and Bad Boys for Life in 2020. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's beaten everything that's come out since the pandemic started. So, yeah, this is our biggest opening weekend since 2019. Yet, we don't feel celebratory. Uh, well, you know, we'll get into that. Because I think there is celebration to be had from this opening weekend. Okay. But well, there's caveats and there's a th- lot to dig into. So let I guess you know what? Let's blow through this top 5 and then we dig in. Okay, I'm going to make plow. a meal of it. Yeah. Plow, plow, of course. Yeah. I, yeah. I got I got to remember what we we trademarked plow, so we got to use that. Yeah, move 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 out the way. I'm about to plow. Mhm. Number 1, Black Widow with 80.3 million dollars. In 4,160 theaters, the most theaters of any wide film. Number two, F9, The Fast Saga, made $11.4 million, dropped 50%. Lost a bunch of theaters, about 554. It is standing at $141.8 million after three weekends. Number three. The Boss Baby Family Business made $8.8 million, down 45%, added 44 theaters. It is sitting at $34.9 million after two weekends. Number four, The Forever Purge, $7.1 million, down only 43%, added seven theaters. It is now sitting at $27.8 million. After two weekends. And number five, A Quiet Place Part Two, $3.1 million, a drop of a measly 23%, losing theaters uh, down of 467, but it is now, after seven weekends, at $150.8 million. Wow, what what a hit! What a hit that is! I'm just very excited about that number, 150 for yeah, a Quiet Place Part Two. That one's huge, and and I think what we all gotta love about a Quiet Place Part Two is the legs. It's leggy, it's long legged. It is a movie that is making making its dollars this many weeks into its run. It's been out seven weeks, so. It's it's a, been an issue that a lot of people have pointed out with the box office since the pandemic is that movies open big and then they drop off a cliff. And I think yeah. A Quiet Place Part 2, what it showed us is if a movie is good and it's well-liked, it could still be leggy. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, and, uh, oh, go and, for it. I mean, it is only in theaters too. So that's... It should be at some point coming to Paramount Plus, which it is was a forty-five day window. 
Which is basically like still being in theaters. I mean, let's be honest. uh, Absolutely. So seven weeks, that is almost 45 days, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is actually more. That's 49 days. So is it available on Paramount Plus at this point? That's I'm gonna check on that. We'll we'll check on that and get back to you at the end of this show or some but that, point in this that, show. That might be an unanswerable question because much like Peacock, how would anyone know if something's on Paramount Plus if nobody has Paramount Plus? I mean, that's very true. I, I wouldn't put Paramount Plus in necessarily Peacock territory, but they're close. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's the same people accidentally have both. Yeah. I think there's a lot of overlap there. But, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to, Black Widow's the main story. We're going to be getting into that soon. But I think what A Quiet Place Part 2, to me the takeaway, because I've seen a lot of box office chatter about how scary these second week drops are. How things mm-hmm. could still maybe open okay, but then they fall off a cliff. And what A Quiet Place Part 2, I think the the difference is this is a good movie. That for the most part was well-reviewed and people like it. That is different from Demon Slayer and Mortal Kombat and Godzilla vs. Kong and Conjuring Part 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And a lot of these movies that have had, and let's be honest, F9. A lot of these movies that have opened big and then had the big second week drops and not been as leggy, I I still think a lot of that comes down to we haven't had a lot of quote-unquote good movies that have come out and opened number one. We've had a Mm -hmm. lot of movies that were mediocre too bad, you know, critically, which doesn't matter, but even just audience response. And... Those are not going to leg out well, whether we're in a pandemic, we're over a pandemic, we're looking forward to a pandemic, we're reminiscing about pandemic. It doesn't matter. You need movies to be well-liked, to be leggy. True. And just to just to update, A Quiet Place Part 2 is dropping on Paramount Plus on Tuesday. So wow, probably the day you're listening to this or tomorrow if you're listening to this at midnight tonight if you're a hardcore bo want to be a boy want to be a girl want to be a person person so that is interesting but again like you said i don't think that's going to affect the box office now real quick before we get to black widow i just want to spotlight two movies one good news one bad news okay interesting number six Cruella made $2.3 million, dropped only 1%, and is now sitting at $80.9 million because it was attached to Black Widow at drive-ins. At the drive-in? Mm-hmm. So that's a phenomenon we saw a few weeks ago when nobody got a huge bump from being paired at the drive-in with uh, F9 and made... Uh, a, a huge upswing in its BO. And that happened to Cruella. I mean, good for Cruella. $80 million. $80 million point nine. Is this a movie that could get its way to $90 million domestic? It's on the table now. No, oh, that'd be tough. That'd be tough because 
It only made two. It's not going to have the same sort of weekend next weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, I think 80 is is crazy for this film, plus the premiere access numbers, which we're going to be talking about with Black Widow. I mean, we don't know the exact numbers for Cruella because Disney didn't report those. So right. Well, that that'll, that's something we're going to be digging into because that is definitely an issue. You know, you, we look at this Cruella B.O. when it's made 80.9 million domestic and we know it's made something on Disney Plus PVOD Premier Access. You know, Samba.tv, they told us that that opening weekend it probably made about 22 million. But the issue is, of course, we have to take the word of Samba.tv, which who knows? They could be great people doing great work, but it's not the same as direct number reporting from Disney. So until so before we get back to Disney, I just want to show you the bad side of a BO coin. Number 10, Zola, made 620,000, down 48%, losing theaters in its second weekend. It is at $3.5 million. Now, the reason I'm bringing this film up is because I wrote an article for our Substack, mm-hmm. which everybody should subscribe to if you listen to this show. And... This movie didn't learn its lesson from history. And I wrote a very insightful article about this film and the lessons it could have learned from a film called The Real Cancun. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because this article blew up. Yeah. It was all over Twitter, all over Reddit. And if you have not read this article, go read this article. This is one of those things where you can educate yourself and you can realize that bo history is important and if you don't know it you're doomed to repeat it mm-hmm. so yeah. definitely check out that check out our sub stack there's going to be a, a lot of cool articles already a lot of cool articles but just a little plug for the sub stack and zola is a disaster yeah zola is a disaster but luckily our article about zola's box office that's blowing up so Something in the Zola universe is doing big numbers. And of course, the original Zola Twitter thread, I'm sure, is still racking up retweets, likes, and, you know, uh, uh, quote tweets and other things that don't make any money. But at least it's something. It's funny that our Substack article is the one thing keeping Zola relevant. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Well, so. Pat, let's get to it. Let's get to Black Widow. And man, okay, so the first thing about this $80 million domestic haul is it's less than we wanted and less than we expected, correct? It's less than we both predicted. I think I got myself up to it would make around 90 domestic. You you went, you know, ape S and went hundred million domestic. Mm-hmm. You thought it big. might. Yeah, you went big. Thought it would cross a hundred. To be honest, the the internal projections that Disney put out earlier were in the seventy seventy five million dollar range. Of course, studios always underestimate publicly because they don't want to uh, ha- have something come in under their estimates. So those those are always conservative. I mean, this eighty million domestic. I mean, let's hot take it. Is is this a is this a disaster? Oh, a disa- you can't call it a disaster because 
because when you look at some of the comps for this film, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there was this was the first Marvel movie released in theaters in two years, and and it was being promoted heavily everywhere. But when you look at what it actually was, I mean, this is Ant Man Wasp territory. This is Doctor Strange territory because this is not Black Panther. This is not mm-hmm. a Captain America film. This is not a Thor film. This is a I know she's a member of the Avengers, but this is a side character film. This is not a marquee Marvel film the way that Captain Marvel even was because that was touted as the first film with a female lead character that Marvel had ever done. Well, and And also it's a Marvel character that, spoiler alert, you know, died several movies ago. Mm-hmm. And this is a prequel. It's something that going in, people knew was not going to be as interconnected to the upcoming Marvel movies as other Marvel movies have been. Yes. You know, there wasn't going to be some kind of big, oh, this is going to lead you right into the next Avengers movie. Like everyone knew it couldn't because this is a prequel. So there were all these story factors that I think were were keeping this as like you said more of a mid-tier marvel property also it's not like a super powered superhero you know black widow is a human being you know yes. so you knew you weren't gonna get someone throwing a planet at someone else which yeah people so like when you look at ant-man and the wasp that opened july 6 2018 opened to 75.8 Mm-hmm. You look at Doctor Strange that opened in November of 2016. That opened to 85. I mean, 80 million dollars right now. Canada still a lot of it's closed. We still have capacity limits. I do think that 80 is is great. I, I, agree. I think 80 is great, and I think I was being crazy going 100, but I was I was wishing on a star and it didn't work, and that's fine. I mean, that's okay. I think that this is a movie that is a feather in the cap of its star, Scarlett Johansson, because with all of those factors against it, I do think that one of the things that makes Black Widow seem like a big deal property that makes it get up to 80 million domestic, you know, in in a pandemic is that it had a very famous movie star at the top. You know, I I do feel like there is a situation in which the roles are reversed and this is the first Doctor Strange movie coming out now or Captain Marvel, you know, and it's headed by Benedict Cumberbatch or Brie Larson, who are not as big of a star as Scarlett Johansson. And those movies don't do as well in this context as Black Widow headed by Scarlett Johansson does. I don't agree with that because Captain... the reason Captain Marvel was so big was because it was the first female-led Marvel movie. If Black Widow was the first female-led Marvel movie, it would have done better business. Yes, but what I'm saying is Scarlett Johansson being the star of this movie elevates what is a prequel and what is a sort of disconnected Marvel movie and what is a movie opening a pandemic now, and helps you get it to $80 million because you see... Okay, that's a big movie star. This is still Marvel. This is still a big deal. Now, Pat, I really... Okay, so we got to talk about Black Widow. 
And then we got to talk about, about next Black weekend. Black. But in between those two things, we need to look at her, uh, Scarlett Johansson's box office history. Because you are under the impression that she is some sort of a box office superstar. And that is not true. That is patently not true. So why don't we, why don't we just focus? Because that's, we have so much uh, about this opening weekend to get through. Let's tease that and either get into that this week or later this episode or next week. The that, that, you know what, that, You know what this can be? Here we go. This is what we'll do, yes. that. Yes. Everybody loved our dueling Substack articles about whether or not F9 was going to do Buffa Bobo or run out of gas. They loved it. That was huge. Let's promise our audience to do a why ScarJo is a star, that's you, mm-hmm. and me, why ScarJo is not a star. All right. Let's do it. I mean... At the box office. Now, she is a star in the sense that people pick up an Us Weekly and and want to see her inside of it. But I don't know if they necessarily want to see her inside the theater. Well, you know what? Let's save that for the article. And I will make one prediction now, which is your article will be much more highly read because, as we've seen already, people enjoy the negatives of these kind of articles. Unfortunately, that is true, and that is not my intent to be clickbait. And this article will not be clickbait. This article will be a clear-eyed, I guess, just inquiry into the idea of her being a bankable star or right. a highly you, bankable star, as bankable as you claim she is. Which, you'll you'll uh, write your you'll write your takedown, and people love it. So let's save that for the for the internet. But let's get back to. This purely this opening weekend. So $80 million were both in the side of this was good. This is a solid number. Everyone should be happy with this. The other wrinkle to this is, of course, this movie opened in theaters. It also opened on Disney Plus, Premier Access, PVOD. We're at home. If you have a Disney Plus subscription, you could also pay an extra $30 and and own this movie on your Disney Plus. And we have some numbers directly from Disney. They released some numbers about how this movie did this weekend on Disney Plus Premier Access. Is yes. that true? That that is true, Pat. And and they Disney actually released numbers for this. Mm-hmm. But the issue that I think we both have is that. Usually on deadline, there are article headings that say 80 domestic. Mm-hmm. Black Widow makes 80 domestic, and then it, and then there's separate articles that have the worldwide and these and this and that. Disney, I mean, okay, deadline well, is in say, Disney's pocket. Let's say pocket. what the number let, is. Let me let's, just say. Okay. Look, deadline is in De- Disney's pocket because all of these headlines are not spelling out this 80. They're talking about 215 million plus worldwide victory and Disney Premier access, right? That's a headline. Then they're saying Black Widow weaves 79 million overseas debut for 159 million worldwide theatrical bow. So I'm not seeing in any of these... Okay, all films at weekend domestic box office hit 117 million, led by Black Widow, highest level since President's Day 2020. 
I'm not seeing a headline on Deadline that says this is what it made domestically outside of Premier Access. Well, so let's, and I think let's... that's Disney feeding them this weird, the, the way they want this movie to be looked at as making over a hundred million domestic, when in theaters it only made eighty. So let's break down though. Aside from Deadline, we do know the numbers that Disney put out for how it did on. Disney Plus Premier Access, right? So they're saying they said that sixty made, million worldwide, right? And they're saying twenty million of that is domestic. So that's how they're getting to this number of Black Widow open to one hundred million dollars domestic because it made eighty in the theaters and it made twenty domestic from Disney Plus. Now Samba dot com is saying something different about domestic though they're saying 33 million but is that adding in another day is that monday i mean i think for right now we should go with the disney number because the the numbers reported from the studios that's what we ideally want for all of this pvod stuff we want the studio to tell us what did it make you know samba.tv is like nielsen they are guessing based on you know, extrapolating uh, sample sizes. So Mm -hmm. it's not exact. So deadline aside, Samba aside, it looks like this movie, Black Widow made 20 million domestic and another 40 million worldwide from Disney plus. So how are we looking at this? Is this a new model where we are to say, this movie did make $100 million domestic. I am not willing to do that yet. And the reason being is that we're still living in a world with a pandemic mentality. Mm-hmm. And the reason this went day and date was because Disney said, we want families, we want people who love our movies to be able to see this film any way they can. Mm -hmm. It'll strengthen the brand. It'll add people to Disney plus they're getting all that money in their pocket. It's a win-win for them. So I think that that's not going to be the norm though. I do think that after jungle cruise, you're not going to see a day and date release from Disney unless, unless they think, okay, Here's a movie. Let's try and see what we can get in theaters, but we're going to get most of our money from Disney Plus Premier Access. That would be the way I would think the next releases would be if they're day and date. I think they're going to end up using this model on everything going forward. Everything going forward. So right now, like you said, Jungle Cruise opening the end of July, that's the only other movie they have slated to be theaters and Disney plus PVOD day and date. And then the next Marvel movie, is that The Eternals or is that Shang-Chi in September? I think it's Shang. I think it's Shang-Chi, I believe. So that movie right now is slated to be theaters only. I kind of feel like they're going to switch that to also being day and date because because you think it's not going to if you think it's going to underperform. 
Well, I just think that this model makes sense because A, we've talked about this a lot since, you know, HBO Max started doing their day and date thing, which I think that model is is not the the right one. True. But we've talked about how there are there's obviously overlap, but there are two different audiences. There are people who want to go see something in a movie theater, and there's people who will see something at home, but they would not have gone to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I think Black Widow did kind of show you that because Black Widow made $80 million domestic in the theater. And would it have made more if there were no option to watch at home? Yeah, it would have made more. But would it have made $20 million more domestic? No. I, no. No, this is a movie that probably would have still opened in the 80s or hit 90. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the people who wanted to see it in a movie theater went to see it in a movie theater. And, and the people who wanted to watch it at home got a treat because they got to watch it at home and talk to the theater-going friends about it the same time. Right. And so they were able wasn't... to discuss something and keep something in the zeitgeist. And I think that is a positive. Yeah. And they didn't get a treat. They paid 30 bucks a pop to see it. And obviously, if you watch it at home for your $30, there's going to be more than one person watching it usually. But I mean, listen, this Marvel movie, nothing against comic book fans. Love them. A lot of them probably listen to this show. It's a lot of them who are paying that 30 bucks and watching it by themselves. Well, and, and the great thing about Premier Access is as long as you are an, a, a subscriber to Disney Plus, that movie is going to be available to you. So if you make a friend at some point before this movie comes to home video, you can have a friend come over and watch it. Yes. Yes. It's not an HBO Max thing where it's going to be gone in 30 days. And if right. you don't make a friend in 30 days, you're shit out of luck. Right. Which 30 days to make a friend is tough, but... If you give from yeah for these people yes yes but if you give these comic book fans several months six months eventually they'll meet somebody on a message board on a at a convention you know when those start coming back they'll meet someone at a convention in a in a hotel lobby and they'll make a friend and then that friend could come over and watch Black Widow on your TV but. I don't think that the at-home PVOD cannibalizes the theater money that much. And Yeah, I mean, we agree on that. And then the other thing that we've also talked about is this PVOD money that Disney gets, they get to keep all of it. All, As opposed to it. the theater money that you have to split or the iTunes money that you have to split with Apple or the Amazon rental money that you have to split with Amazon. Their streamer, their their money. Well, that's and that you know what actually you're convincing me because I am walking back everything I said. Right. And the reason I'm doing that is because the Disney Plus Premier Access model is the way to go. It is smart. Other day and date doesn't make sense. The HBO Max day and date doesn't make sense. Don't do that. Unless you're going to do a Premier Access type thing and charge someone an extra amount of money. Because 
it's not going to bring enough subscribers to your to your platform to make up for the loss. Right. If you don't charge more. And you know, I read these articles, they're always talking about, well, what about the ancillary markets? Okay. Who cares about those markets? Does Disney want to make Apple richer? Does Disney want to make uh uh like does it want to just create more plastic in the world with blu-rays and, and listen it's going to come out on blu-ray anyway but yes because they'll put a featurette on there and people will go crazy for it you could still throw a director's commentary on this movie and, and sell the plastic dvds and do you want to drop it on netflix and make netflix more money no fuck them fuck all of them disney should just keep all that fucking money and that's what they're going to do and theaters are going to bitch and whine but theaters are going to take their product there's no way theaters, we've seen this, theaters said they weren't going to take Raya, and they did, because they needed product, and right. Disney is putting out Baffa product. Right. So that is, right now, Disney has everybody over a barrel. So when people are saying, well, they're not going to make movie on I- uh, make money on iTunes rentals, fuck iTunes and fuck Apple. Wow. Because who is, gives a shit? That is a rant right there. It's true, though. Because Apple, okay, I'm not going to go too far off, but Apple's dead. Apple's dying. Apple, they, they got no uh, leader over there. This mm-hmm. cook guy, he's got his head up his own fucking ass. And so why why would Disney give a shit about keeping I, the iTunes movie store afloat? They shouldn't, and we shouldn't. Well, it's it's also, I think this model works so well because people want to spend money on a specific thing that they really want. Mm -hmm. And I think they don't necessarily, they're going to have the impulse to spend money on something specific, which is people were like, okay, Black Widow cost me $30. I don't want to go to the theater, but I want to see it. I'll spend $30. The subscription thing is different. You know, Warner trying to get people to, sign up for a long-term subscription to HBO Max with these individual movies as enticement, that doesn't work because that's mm-hmm. not the pay-per-view model. You know, it's it's like a boxing event or, or a, a, a UFC event. Last minute, people decide, what is this, 100 bucks? I'll spend it because I want to see this tonight. But they're not going to subscribe to a long-term subscription service because they want to see something tonight. And I think this is the this is the perfect setup right now is you put these movies in the movie theater and you have a direct option where they could pay you directly to watch it at home. Yeah. Um and Disney is obviously in the best place to do it because they have the most amount of people already subscribed to their service. Yes. So they have this platform where they could then charge $30 a piece. So I think for Disney, especially for big Disney movies, this is the model. Is you put them in theaters and you put them on PVOD on your Disney Plus day and date. And you get to do all of the advertising at the same time. So you're Mm -hmm. you're basically peaking interest in Black Widow when it is available for everyone to pay you at once. Although I did hear the word on the street is that they weren't promoting this as much on Disney Plus as they are with something like Jungle Cruise. They were mm-hmm. they really wanted people to go to the theaters for this and I think that is because they wanted to have 
the 100, the first 100 million opening. And when they didn't get it, mm-hmm. they promoted and put a, across this, uh, you know, fake narrative that this movie made a hundred million. Because right. there, because a lot of people just look at the headlines on Deadline, and that's why I did. I, I read those those headlines because people will read that, and if they don't see eighty, they're seeing two fifteen, they're seeing one seventeen, they're seeing all these different numbers. They're gonna think, oh, it must have made over a hundred. I don't know. Right, right. And so I do think there is a little bit of, you know, Disney trying to do some spin. And I think we're saying to them, cut the shit mm-hmm. and and be transparent here. Well, I think the cutting of the shit here, and they definitely have to cut the shit, is they need to be consistent in their reporting. Because listen, yes. if they want to manipulate deadline or or try and get the uh, these sites to write favorable headlines for them, go for it. That's what you got to do. That's the business. So if 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 they could get these sites to say hundred million dollar domestic opening, sure, that's a PR person making their their salary well earned. But the to me the thing that is the real cut the shit moment here is Cruella. Disney movie came out in May in theaters, day and date, and also on Disney Plus PVOD for $30 each. Yes. And Disney never released official numbers about what that what Cruella did on their Disney Plus PVOD. We never got those numbers. We got Samba.tv estimates. Other sources gave their estimates, but we never got Disney numbers. Black Widow came out this weekend. Disney gave the numbers they said this is what black widow made on disney plus pvod worldwide and domestically so this is where disney needs to cut the shit they need to do this every time they put out a movie in theaters and on disney plus pvod jungle cruise comes out in a few weeks comes out friday july 30th in theaters and day and date, Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD. That Monday, that Monday, August 2nd, we need to have the PVOD numbers the same way we got them for Black Widow. Because if they don't do that, then all that is showed is they only release these numbers to get those favorable headlines, to get this movie to seem like it made $100 million. Also, yeah, it, if we don't get those numbers for Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus Premier Access PVOD, I, I'm going to take it as that means that movie did not do well on Disney absolutely. Plus Premium Access PVOD. You hit that on the head, Pat. It's They have set a precedent here. Yes, they have set a precedent that now, like you said, anything that is not reported is a failure. And that's not mm-hmm. what they want. They should want successes or they should want to be able to show what is successful and what's not. Right. And the thing with the PVOD, Premier Access, is that it's an equivalency to a ticket. It's not yes. like streaming numbers. It's not like you know, Chrissy Hemme's extraction numbers. It's not Mm. 
bird bird box numbers. What was that movie? Bird box? Is that what it's called? Bird box, yeah. It's not those kind of numbers. People took cold hard cashish mm-hmm. and put it down to purchase the viewing of a film. Yes. Now whether they viewed it or not, it doesn't mean shit. You could buy ten tickets to a movie and never walk in the theater, but that still counts as box office. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with these. So this is a new paradigm. And you could, we could look at that as true box office, right? This could be, Black Widow could be a $100 million movie. But I'm not willing to call it that until Disney is willing to do it for all of their yes. day and date Premier Axis PVOD films. Then I will say, you know what? Black Widow was a $100 million film. Yes. And the issue here is our ability as box office analysts, box office experts, to be able to get the truth out to our listeners. And that doesn't go just for us because we're not the only game in town. We're obviously the newest game, the freshest game, probably the most on the pulse game in town, but we are not the only game. There are other box office analysts out there trying to do this very tough, very important work of making sense of the box office. And if Disney doesn't keep its consistency or get consistent and start releasing the PVOD numbers every time, they make that job impossible to do. They make it impossible for people to understand the truth. And Jungle Cruise is going to be a watershed moment in box office truth. We need those PVOD numbers by Monday, August 2nd, when Jungle Cruise has opened worldwide day and date in theaters and on Disney Plus premium access PVOD. We have to have those numbers, but the rest of our box office analyzing brethren need those numbers to do their work they absolutely and you know what the thing is disney if you give this to us if you give us clarity if you give us transparency yeah sure we have to report on your failures but we will tout your successes yes that's how this works and you know what you've had a lot of successes the successes have outweighed the failures a lot recently Right, And if you are transparent, we'll be able to do that. We'll be able to, you'll have a heads up over all of the other streamers who are just going by streams of films as opposed to hardcore cash. Right. And you will have another advantage. You will have, and that's what you want. Disney wants to have an advantage over all other media empires. And that's what this will give you. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of honesty. It will set you free. Or it will put everyone in shackles. And that's the big danger here is if on Monday, August 2nd, Jungle Cruise is opened and we do not have those Disney Plus Premier Access PVOD numbers and there is no way to make true sense of what that movie's opening weekend was. So I think we have to put a call out right now to our brethren who report Mm -hmm. on box office because this, listen, 
BO boys are big. Our Substack is growing. The Zola article went viral. Listeners increase every day. But let's be honest. The BO boys are not as big as Disney. We're just not. No. We're just not. So we can't do this alone. So I'm putting this out there. I know I know he listens, of course, is our one of our uh, biggest guests ever, Jeff Bach at, at Exhibitor Relations Co., putting the call out to you. I'm putting the call out to someone who has not been on our show yet. He hasn't answered the call, invited anytime. Scott Mendelson, legacy box office writer at Forbes. Legacy box office, yeah, writer. Putting the call, I mean, one of the biggest names in box office. Of course, we've talked about Deadline. Whatever we've said about Deadline, we always say this. It's the article you have to read every week. Anthony Alessandro over a Deadline, his box office reporting, legendary. D. Alessandro, I believe. Anthony D. Alessandro. D stands Um, for Disney. I mean, that's a rumor. Either way, must read every week. And... I'm putting the call out to our boy, Brandon, creator Mm. of Box Office Mojo, who right now is out of the game, but you know he's about to get back in the game. No one's going to keep him out of the game. Legends, Legends don't step aside for that long. So, Brandon, I'm putting the call out to you, too. We need to get together and demand that Disney continues what they started here with Black Widow and that they give us hard numbers on Disney Plus Premier Access PVOD. We need those numbers for opening weekends. I mean, let's be honest, now that they've opened this, you know, this box, we should be getting those numbers the same way we do box office, which is daily. But let's at least... We'll start with opening weekend numbers. We need to have that for Jungle Cruise. And and if we don't, then perhaps we don't report on Jungle Cruise. That that might be the situation that box You're office analysts, boycott. Are you it, saying boycott? I, if we get a unified front, if we get a unified front with Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co., Scott Mendelson, legacy box office writer at Forbes, Anthony D. Alessandro, must read every week at Deadline, Brandon, creator of Box Office Mojo, legend on the sidelines, waiting to get back in the game any second with something huge. We've got to get together and boycott of reporting of the box office of Jungle Cruise might be that red button we have to push if we don't get those Disney Plus Premier Access PVOD numbers directly from Disney. Wow. I mean, I'm in. You know I'm in. You know I love a good boycott. Right. You know, I, I still have not watched Toy Story 4 because they left money on the table and did not release it on Father's Day weekend. Yeah. You know I that know. I keep my boycotts up. I, I know that about you. Up. Yeah, you're 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 not going to be an issue. Breaking the boycott is not going to be an issue for you, but I don't think we could have a meaningful boycott unless all of these 
huge names in box office reporting come together and make this demand. I love this, Pat. I love this. I think this is very important. And listeners, spread the word here. Mm-hmm. This needs to happen. This is for your benefit. And this yeah. is for the health and and well-being of the box office reporting community. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a selfish act on our end. This is not us trying. This is not clickbait. This it's isn't not publicity, a, huh? No, this isn't a, a radio stunt. This isn't us trying to, to you know, uh, uh, get higher in the ratings book against Stern. It's none of that. This is about our listeners and box office listeners and readers being able to get the truth. It's it's about standing up now or sitting down forever. Yes. Yes. Wow. Powerful, powerful stuff. Now, Pat, we, we do have to move on okay. to next weekend let's do it so there's there's a big movie coming out this weekend well yeah there's a big something coming out this weekend july 16th space jam a new legacy comes out day and date in theaters and on hbo max wow okay so i think people can tell already my thoughts on this film you're not high Box on it. Oh, that's an understatement. Box Office Pro is saying anywhere from 15 to 30. Again, really just, you know, making sure they got a wide swath. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying under 15. Wow. I-, I think this is the first true bomb of the post-pandemic summer box office. Wow. This is the first film that we can't say, oh, well, Ontario's closed, and this, and that, and this, and streaming on HBO Max. This is a film that has poisonous word of mouth. Also, LeBron James was supposed to be playing in the NBA Finals right now and promoting this film, and he is at home. Because they lost, his Lakers lost in the first round. So that is a wrinkle because mm-hmm. LeBron James is one of the best basketball players of all time. But this year, he's a loser. And this is a film starring a loser. Well, the original Space Jam starred Michael Jordan. And at that point, was Michael Jordan... In the middle of a championship winning season when that first movie came out? The original Space Jam came out in 96. Okay. So this would have been... So they won... The Bulls won the the championship in 96, 97, and 98, I believe. Okay. So then... So this was at his height. That was at his height. That was in the middle of him just winning every season. Well, he had come back from his retirement. Mm-hmm. Because this it came, came out, out November fifteenth. Okay. Nineteen ninety six. Okay. So, they would have been playing. So yeah, this would have been after his retirement. In the first season, he came back and won again. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so yeah. So right now, this the opening weekend of this new Space Jam 
does not have that going for it. LeBron is not immediately coming, opening that movie while winning a championship. No. Here's something I'm going to throw out to you. Will this movie, Space Jam, A New Legacy, opening in the middle of the summer, is this movie going to open up to less money in its opening weekend than the Tom and Jerry movie did in February of 2021? Just a few yes, months ago. Yes, because we're the Tom and Jerry generation, not the Looney Tunes generation. Looney Tunes are probably right there with the Muppets as IP that nobody wants. Hmm. And they're trying to find a way to make them work somehow. And it just ain't. I, hmm. I can't put this on the Looney Tunes because I feel like the problem with, and listen, I agree with you. I think Space Jam, A New Legacy is going to be a bomb. I you think, think under Tom and Jerry? So on Tom and Jerry made 14.1 million. Are we thinking then that Space Jam makes 13? Yeah, I mean I mean I'm not willing to go 10 under right. 10. I want to, but I've been so off so frequently that I I just don't want to I don't want to say that. But I do think it's going to go under 15. I'm going to go if it if it goes under, if it goes over, it ain't making it to 20. I, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go for it too. I think this makes less than Tom and Jerry. I think this makes in the 13s. I don't yeah. feel the buzz for this movie. And I feel like there is a, a dislike of this movie yes. that is happening. And obviously tweets are not ticks and negative tweets are not negative ticks. But I do think a problem that this movie has is that it's not really leaning on the like for the Looney Tunes. It is doing this weird thing where it's more about like, hey, all of the Warner Media properties are going to be there. And yes, that's the problem, because I do think people love the Looney Tunes. These are well-liked characters that have not gotten particularly corny. You know, Bugs is still relatively cool and they don't have a backlash against them. But I don't think this movie did a good job of leaning into the Looney Tunes the way the original Space Jam did. Because remember, the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan, the big hook was... Michael Jordan was already friends with the Looney Tunes. They were doing commercials together for years. They were buddies. So the hook was, now you get to see them hang out longer because you know they're friends. And this movie does not have that going for it. There is no history that I'm aware of, or at least that is mainstream popular, of LeBron being buddies with the Looney Tunes. It, it, yeah, it is where they are trying to do a, a Ready Player One type film, and that's not what Space Jam is. There's a identity crisis. Yes. I think they tried to needlessly complicate something when they could have just said, it's LeBron now with the Looney Tunes. Right, right. I, the, I don't understand why they had to complicate it. The work that they needed to have done was to, in the year leading up to this movie, build some kind of 
public relationship between LeBron and the Looney Tunes, the way that you originally had with Jordan and the Looney Tunes. Instead, they just put out these weird commercials where it's like Clockwork Orange is going to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. Is that a hook? This family movie is going to have Dim and the Droogs from Clockwork Orange there? I mean, now you've got me interested. Right, but but I don't think that's bringing the families in. No, that's bringing us to to like fast forward through this on HBO Max to get to to Dim. Now the original opened to twenty seven point five million in wow. November of ninety six. Wow, this film definitely doesn't reach that opening weekend. No, there's no chance. I mean, like we said, this movie's competition is can it be bigger than Tom and Jerry did when Tom and Jerry opened pre-vaccination, basically. Tom and Jerry came out in February. At that point, it's just doctors and nurses and government officials are vaccinated. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing is, it's like people are going to be watching if and i believe the series is going to continue because the bucks just won a game in uh, at home mm-hmm. they're going to be watching the actual nba finals right. this weekend they're not going to be watching a guy who hasn't played meaningful basketball in 2 months yeah he's been out of it for a while yeah, so I think that, I mean, that's a major wrinkle in this whole promotional campaign. So, yeah, I see bad things with this film. I Listen, I don't ever want to root for failure in at the box office, especially now. But I got to calls it like I sees it. And I think a lot of people are going to take a wrong turn on the way to Albuquerque mm-hmm. instead of going to see this film in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think the fact that it's on HBO Max day and date really matters. I think if people do or don't go, it's going to be because of their interest in this movie. And if anything, th- if anything, you're going to have the. I, I get. How do I put this? There's a certain demo that has HBO Max, and they are going to watch this film to to ridicule it. Yes. they're not going to watch this film to enjoy it and they're not going to go out to the theater and i don't think that the interest is going to be there from any other demo really that's that's not going to be enough to make it a hit no and and that is that is the two audiences uh uh syndrome where i do think there's going to be a lot of people who will watch it for that reason on hbo max this weekend that could include us well we're watching it to find the clockwork orange guys in the, in the stands. But those people would not have seen it in the movie theaters. If that had been the only option. Yes. So you're not losing money on the people who watched this, this weekend just to make fun of it on Twitter. They were not going to have paid to see it. You know, maybe, maybe a couple of uh, uh, people, you know where you might lose money on this movie. You lose a couple of bucks. On those podcasts that are out there where they make fun of bad movies, where their whole thing oh. is, let's let's watch a bad movie and then for two hours, us and, you know, a quote unquote comedian friend comes in and we make jokes about how it was bad. Those 
podcasters, they probably they would have had to pay to see Space Jam: A New Legacy in the theater, if not for HBO Max. Instead, yes. now they'll watch it on HBO Max. So you're going to lose that amount of ticket sales. Absolutely. Now, Pat, we, we were, we're trying to keep episodes under an hour, so we got to move on. We mm-hmm. both think this movie is going to be a disaster. And we'll talk next episode whether, you know, depending on how well this movie does at the box office, whether or not this definitively shows who is the best of all time, Jordan or LeBron. Mm-hmm. It comes so down to this tease. weekend. Now, another film is opening wide that I am very high on, and I said this in our summer movie preview, Escape Room 2, the sequel to Escape Room, Mm -hmm. is coming out. And I'm very excited for this. The first film was a sleeper hit. It ended up making 57 domestic, but it was low budget, made 18 opening, and I think this is the production budget was only nine. I do think this film is going to do Baffa Bobo. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's going to make more than Space Jam, mm-hmm. but I do think that this film is going to do really well. Now, Box Office Pro is saying 11 to 16, and I'm going to go with 13, lucky number 13 for this horror film, which. Could place it above the Space Jam sequel. Huh. So, yeah, this movie, when it opened up in 2019, the first movie, the first Mm -hmm. uh, Escape Room opened up January 2019. And in its opening weekend, it made $18.2 million domestic. Yeah. I think Escape Room 2... Tournament, Tournament of Champions. Of Champions will make more than Space Jam A New Legacy. I think this could make 14 and Space Jam makes around 13. I Love think it. that's a possibility because is would this also be the first very specifically teen-centric hit since the box office reset as people have been calling it because if we think back to the movies that did well in the spring you know kong is a mainstream movie tom and jerry is for the kids demon slayer mortal kombat i would say or almost you know mortal kombat is like more nostalgic that was aimed more at like gen xers but we haven't had, and we've had a horror movie like The Conjuring, but that's like an older person's horror movie. We haven't had this type of movie, really, these teen date movies. Well, Forever Purge it does skew young. It skews young, but it's still like an R-rated movie that's not specifically as teen aimed as something like this is. Like, this is a movie that stars teenagers or people in their early 20s. You know, it's that type of movie. So it, it could be. I mean, do you think then this is what's going to bring the the teen? The, I mean, the teens have been going back to the theater. It's the oldsters that are not going to the theater. So, mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I do think it is something that people will go to the theaters for on a date, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And is there a chance that this could overperform? Does this movie have a chance of hitting 20? 
I'm high on it, but I, I'm not going to go that high. Okay. And and I I I mean anything's possible. Here here's what I'll say. This movie has a better chance of hitting twenty than Space Jam does. Space Jam. Yes. Well, hundred percent. Well, Space Jam may end up finishing ahead of this because Space Jam is just a bigger movie that's getting more promotion. But I mm-hmm. think the ceiling of Space Jam, it would be shocking if it overperformed because the buzz is so bad and I don't know who that's really for. Yeah. Whereas I could see Escape Room 2 having this big ceiling where it makes $20 million because the teens are super excited for it and it just takes everyone by surprise. There's a chance. If you're saying there's a chance, I believe there's a chance. Yeah. So let's real quick, because we got to get out of here. We got to. Give me your top five real fast. Okay. So my top five is Black Widow number one, of course. And I think that's a big reason, too, why Space Jam is going to bomb is because Black Widow is a well-liked popular movie that's going for the same audience. It's going to suck up a lot of oxygen. So that's number one. Number two, I am going with Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions. Love it. Number three, then I'll go Space Jam. Number four, F9. And number five, I will go with Forever Purge, number five. Wow, over Boss Baby. Over Boss Baby, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to do Black Widow. Number one, it's just a matter of how much it drops, but it ain't going to be like money wise. It ain't going to be number two. It'll be number one. Mm-hmm. That's a slam doink. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm still just going to go. It's so funny because I'm high on escape room, but I'm going to go with Space Jam. Okay. And then I'm going to go with Escape Room Tournament of Champions because I do think it's going to be close, though. It's going to be very close. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go with F9, the Fast Saga. And, you know, I'm going to back my boy, the boss baby. I think my boy, the boss baby, is going to hold on to number five. I'm not high on the Forever Purge. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, a, a franchise that needs to be buried. So that's my top five. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm really looking forward to discussing next weekend because we have the potential of talking about a surprise hit with escape room Mm 2 and we have the potential of talking about a bomb with space jam and not in a way of those podcasts that make fun of bad movies huh huh talking about a bomb now could be potentially cleansing well it's normalcy because there won't be any caveats there won't be any excuses it's a movie that we can definitively say, and we've called bombs before. We've said things are bombs before post-pandemic, but I think this is where the consensus can be. This is a film nobody wanted to see. Well, because In the Heights, well, I mean, In the Heights was a bomb, and it had nothing to do with the pandemic, but people will still be able to spin whatever narrative they want with that. We know the truth. We've spoken the truth. Right. And I think, though, Space Jam can be that, the, a new beginning can be that bomb. Right. So we'll see. Or who knows? Or who knows? Maybe Bugs is just such a big star that uh, the bad marketing and LeBron get knocked out in the first round and, and 
you know, the the bungled release plan by Warner's. Bugs is maybe a big enough star that he pushes it over the top. Who knows? We'll see. We're predicting a bomb, but that's that's the beauty in this. You never know. Well, if you want to let us know what you think about all the subjects that we've talked about, if you're a media outlet that wants to be part of this boycott, mm-hmm. the Jungle Cruise boycott, email us. Pat, where can they email us? Email us at thebeoboyspodcast at gmail.com. We love interacting with all of our uh, our listeners, our wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people. People. Um, got a great uh, email actually this past week from uh, listener and fellow podcaster Micah McCaw, who's the host of a podcast that we guested on called the McCaw Podcast Universe, which is not one of those podcasts that makes fun of bad movies, huh? It's a podcast that goes in-depth looking at uh, trilogies and franchises one by one, going through all the sequels. Anyway, Micah had guessed that Black Widow was going to come in at $88 million. So he went a little high, but you know what? He actually got closer than either of us because we both went over. So Micah wins that one. If it was Price is Right style, he would have won. Yeah. Um, so, and so then, I, of course, what are you going to say? I was going to say, email us at thebeoboyspodcast at gmail.com. Mix it up about box office predictions. And rate, review, follow us on iTunes. Anywhere you find podcasts, please do that. Subscribe to our Substack. Yes. We are going to do the Dueling Scar Joe articles Mm -hmm. i'm forcing pat to do this Mm -hmm. pat's a very busy man but we need to do this because we need to have a definitive answer and 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 i think listen i think i'm right but we'll we'll find out but plenty of stuff on the Substack. subscribe and i am a busy man but i am a busy man but last week i did write an article on our bo boy Substack in which i did a trailer tracking for the Many Saints of Newark. I know oh, I promised it's the best it a one. Yeah. It's such a great one. I got to say, I'm sorry to cut you off, Pat, but I that was like, I, I feel like that is the perfect encapsulation of the trailer tracking and what it can be. Yeah. No, I agree. So it, it may have taken a while to get to it, but it's there and it'll live forever. So go check out trailer tracking for The Many Saints of Newark, a.k.a. Sopranos movie on the B.O. Boys Substack. And, uh, Pat, we did it. I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except, until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. Nailed it.